Hi there, my name is Alex Faust and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. I am Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge. And today I'm very excited for a special guest, Daniel Marcos, who is the co-founder and CEO of Growth Institute. I'm sure most of you already know who he is, but if this is your first time tuning in to Conversations at the Edge or if you're new to Growth Institute, Daniel is not only the CEO of Growth Institute, he's also a keynote speaker and CEO coach with a mission to help 1 million entrepreneurs scale their impact and reduce drama in the process. And as a serial entrepreneur, Daniel has realized over the years that CEOs are often the bottleneck in the organization. And in the same way that you can't solve a problem with first elevating your mindset, a business cannot evolve beyond what the CEO can handle. And so this is the topic of his new book, Impact X, which is going to be launching early next year, as well as the topic of today's conversation. So Daniel, welcome to Conversations at the Edge. Uh, Where are you joining in from today? I'm in New Hampshire. Uh, I'm here for Thanksgiving. Uh, we're in the house in the mountains. I want to start, you know, Daniel, if you could tell us a little bit more about what is ImpactX um, and the central theme of the methodology that you've created over the last couple of years. So I've been coaching entrepreneurs for uh, 15 years now, and I've been a, a CEO for 24. And something that uh, has always taken my attention is People, whenever I'm having a conversation with an entrepreneur, they say, well, you don't understand. My company is different or my situation is different. And now it's really the same. Uh, but everyone just sees their company in one lens. And we see at the Growth Institute over a thousand companies every year. So we have a much wider lens and kind of understood that the same thing happened to a company doing three to five team members compared to one with 20. They usually have the same issues. Um, as an example, and we do this an- analogy, um, when you're a baby of two years old, the food that you eat, your tantrums or the attention or education, it's similarly to every other kid of two years old. Same thing happens with the companies. So we realize that what makes a company having similar issues is the amount of team members. And that brings a complexity in the company. So we, we build the four stages every company goes through and exactly what are the issues and what you have to do to be able to improve it. And the second kind of framework is, I've been a, a student of business for 24 years. I started my business, we grew really, really fast. And then I went, start uh, coaching with Vern and, and learning with Vern. And Vern has recommended me probably three or 400 business books. Today, I probably read over a thousand business books. And I start connecting them one after the other and kind of a building a puzzle. And we try to build that based on the stages. So we first go in understanding stages of companies, but then say, okay, what are the 12 most important things you have to do in each of the stages? And we recommend the 12 books or methodologies they have to do in each of the stages to go to the next one. Of course, you could always add 20, 30, or 50 things more, but we say, okay, what are the core things you have to do in each stage to be able to go to the next stage? And we're detailing in the, in the book that. So what are the stages that a company is kind of evolving through? So one to five team members, it's a startup. And, and there your most important thing is validate the product market fit. Hey, do I really have a product or a service that has market? And the only thing that you want to do there is validate your business model. You have a, a business plan before you start. And 
you come with a business plan on certain assumptions and you have to validate your assumptions and, and adjust your business plan to reality. Um, the typical phrase, no one has a plan until they get punched in the face or so everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. You get punched in the face a lot on stage one. So the what you want to do is, okay, you get punched in the face. How are you going to deal with that? That's stage one. Then stage two, it's around six to 15 employees. And that is a stage that you have fixed expenses, but you have very unstable income. So that creates a lot of drama in the company because you have a lack of cash to be able to pay payroll and the rest. And usually the entrepreneur, whoever is leading the company, ages really, really fast. If you see an entrepreneur before stage two and after stage two, they've lost hair, they, they have white hair, um, and they're pretty tired. Stage two is really, really tough. If you don't understand what stage two is all about, because, and let me put a parenthesis here, 96% uh, of the companies in the US, the US today has 32 million companies, 96% of them are in stage two or one. They should never go to stage three. And a lot of entrepreneurs are trying to go to stage three without really understanding what they have to do to go to stage three. And it's a really, really tough stage because they're trying to grow, but not doing the right things. Indeed, I believe 96% uh, of entrepreneurs and most of us should stay on stage two and never go in a company to stage three. I believe the best balance for income and quality of life for most entrepreneurs is 10 to 12 employees. Everyone re reports directly to you and you could build a great lifestyle business with a lot of cash flow, but you could still go on vacation two months a year. But if you decide to scale uh, after stage two, they have to build the fundamentals of a scale up. And that's when you go to stage three. And that's when you go to the value of death. Uh, the value of death of each stage, it's tough, but the, the toughest one is from stage two to three. And it's between around 20 employees to around 70, 80 employees. And it's something that people don't understand. They believe it's the same in every size of company. Usually, that's the first time you start putting your first line of defense, your first line of managers. And you have to have this first layer of people that they're not adding a lot of value and they are a lot of cost, but you have to build it if you want to get your company to the next level. So between 20, 50, 20 people that everyone reports directly to the entrepreneur, and 70 that you really have a great management team, it's a lot of drama because you're redoing the structure. Once you're able to do that, then scaling that's much easier. So stage three gets to, uh, let's say the value of death, 20 to 70, 80, and then you get into the scaling phase that it's a lot of fun until you get to around probably 250, 300 employees. And then you go to a grown up. Now you're kind of a corporation, you dominate your industry, you really have now a sizable company, and it's all about market share. And that's stage four. Uh, it's all about really learning how to win market share from your competitors. And those are kind of the four stages and what you have to do in each one. So you just mentioned a little bit ago that the, the valley of death between stage two and stage three is the most difficult. But if you're going to pick a stage to build your company in and stay in, whether it be stage two or stage three, is there one stage that may be easier to like maintain an organization in versus so trying stage, to scale through it? Stage two, it's a great stage if you don't want to go to stage three. So as an example, today I have two companies and this is going to sound tough, but I have two companies. I have Growth Institute and we're scaling fast. We're a scale up 35 team members and scaling fast. And they have a consulting firm. The consulting firm, we have two or three team members, very stable in cash, produce a lot of cash flow, 
compared to Growth Institute. Growth Institute is growing really fast. It's sucking a lot of cash because we're growing really fast. And we have a lot of drama because we're growing really fast. And we're going through the valley of death. So whenever I'm talking with my wife about the two companies, she said, like, why don't you stay with just with the consulting? Easy, no drama, cash flow, all the rest. And I was, but I love Growth Institute. I wanted to do that. Indeed, um, I had two scale-ups uh, before, and then I went into consulting, and I was really making great money uh, with not that much work. And one day I came to my wife and said, hey, I want to do another scale-up. She was like, no, we're having so great time. You, We take two months vacation. You travel with the kids. Like, you're very present. And now, but I need to do another one. So I told her I really want to do another one. But she knew being with me for two other scale-ups, the drama and the stress that happens going through a scale-up. So we had a conversation, and, and I had to negotiate kind of an approval with her of, of when to do it and, and how much to risk uh, in the company and the rest. So I really believe the best uh, size of company for for um, cash flow and, and lack of drama is stage two. Uh, indeed, I have a, a coach or a client that I coach that I admire his business a lot. He has five full-time employees, has like five part-time. He does like seven and a half million in revenue and nets like three million a year. And I'm like, that's a dream job, right? Having a company of five, full-time team members and net $3 million. Like you don't need anything else. That's the quality. And by the way, he tells me, I hire you. So you never allow me to go beyond this point. And I, I'm, I'm kind of the guys that says no all the time. Hey, I want to do this. No, you cannot. Well, I can do this. And I tell them he's thankful because I don't allow him to complicate the operation. He said, I'm really happy the way it is. But we always get all these ideas and said, hey, I could grow more and I could make more money. And he told me, I'm hiring you because I want you to make sure I stay here and I don't move. Um, and every time he comes with ideas, I say, great, let's hear the idea, but let's make sure we stay in this size on stage two and we don't go to stage three. So you really enjoy your, your business. Uh, and that's where, where we've been working for four years, just staying there. Awesome. One of the things that I really enjoy learning about in terms of Impact X is you have the, the teachings that the entrepreneur doesn't get to stay as entrepreneur. Eventually the entrepreneur as you're scaling needs to become CEO, not entrepreneur. So can you right. talk about the evolution of an entrepreneur into CEO and when that kind of happens and, and what needs to go into that transition? So let's talk about the stages and I will kind of walk you through in each of the stage. And then okay. I'm going to tell you kind of the archetype of a person that you have to be. So stage one, you're an entrepreneur, right? You have your hands on and you're doing everything. Uh, we believe the stage one is a, a warrior. You have to be with your sword out and just fighting in front of your team and just fighting every fight and, and be out there in the war all the time. Then you get stage two. And on stage two, that's the first time you have to start what they say. You have to work on your business, not in your business. You have to step aside uh, or step back. And now you become a hunter. You see all the war and all the animals you could hunt and you're very specific who you're going to uh, attack and say hey that's a client that it's worth it for me to serve that's not a client that is not worth it and now you start delegating to your team you define the direction where we're going to go and then you delegate to your team for your team to do uh, most of the work but you have to kind of step back and be a hunter be more strategic on stage two then you get to stage three 
And stage three, you have to be a leader of leaders. Now you have, you're leading a group of, of managers or directors, and this team is leading your company. You have to be very strategic uh, the way you work with them. Uh, that's when I say you start playing chess, not checkers. Uh, and the archetype in that stage, you have to be a farmer. Now you have assets, by the way, but stage three, you already have several assets of the company. You have a product, a service, database of clients, all that. And you say, okay, what's the best way to use my, my assets? And, and like, if you have a field, when are you going to plow the field and when you want to um, uh, water it and uh, get uh, our, um, all, the, all the things that you have to do? And when's the right time to plant and when's the right time to harvest? So you're way more strategic on stage three and you become a farmer. And then stage four, now you're a CEO. On stage four, your company day-to-day -day runs without you. And you're there to be the strategic innovator. Usually a company on stage four, um, you get this immune system that allows you to stay alive, but that immune system also don't allow you to innovate. You have already stable clients, stable revenue. No one wants to change the status quo. Like, don't, don't change it. It's working. But you know that if you stop innovating, you're going to go under. So the team keeps the company alive. And the role of the leader, now the CEO, is being the disruptor. You you have way more time to think. You have you go play golf with the clients and all the stuff, and really start seeing the trends and understand what's the innovation and where can you continue to innovate and grow. And your job is to disrupt the team and disrupt the day to day and help them do that. And that's when you really become a CEO. Those are kind of the the process for you to become entrepreneur, leader, leader of leaders, and then CEO, or you go from a from a warrior to a hunter to a farmer, then to be a disruptor. Awesome. And so what's the role of the other leaders in the team as you're kind of moving through those stages? How does the, the rest of your leadership team need to also change and evolve to kind of follow the, follow the leader? So in, in the first stage, everyone's generalist. They have to do everything. Um, they, like someday you're selling, the next day you're producing a product, the next day you're building a database and, and we have to do everything. On stage two, you have to go from generalist to specialist and you have to be more strategic of who you hire. And now you understand the roles of the business and what you have to do. And the idea is to start getting people that are technicians, but very, very specific doing one thing. As an example, the Growth Institute, one of the first hires was someone who was an expert on video production. The first videos of Growth Institute were edited by me. Uh, indeed, Myra, my assistant, was editing videos. Uh, we, we, we just do what we thought it was best they were not beautiful, but we need to roll something out. So one of the most uh, technical things that we have at the Growth Institute, if you see our videos today, the quality, the experience, the lighting, it's amazing compared to when we started. And that's because we, we started hiring specialists that are great technicians doing the work. Uh, copywriting, uh, uh, design, all these kind of things that we did not have that specialities, we start hiring that. And that's stage two. And then stage three, you start get hiring people that are, uh, know how to be leaders and they help you understand what you have to build. So you have to start getting people that have led a company or a department like the one you want to build. So you have to uh, hire them on the next level for them to help you take that department to that level. Indeed, Vern always says that one of the barriers of stage three of scaling is infrastructure. You have two infrastructure problems, infrastructure of people, and infrastructure of systems. 
And usually in people, you have to hire people that are bigger than the size of your company. And they know how to evolve your team and systems and processes that you need. And they come and help you build that. So stage three, you have to make a balance between the people that have helped you get to stage three and then bring other experts to help you kind of uh, build that, something that you don't know. And usually that creates part of the value of death because now you have to understand how to put two teams together and help them work uh, as the same team. And then on stage four, it's all about people. Um, whenever you have a big company over 300 people, 250 people, it's all about people management. Uh, really understand people dynamics and how to build teams and the rest. So that's how your team has to evolve. Generalist, specialist, then specialist with people that you bring that are experts on the field or the, or the departments, and then help them all run together as a team. And what do you recommend for an entrepreneur and then CEO who wants to scale from one to two or two to four, whatever it is, how much time do they need to be investing in like mastering these 12 steps and 12 competencies inside each stage? It's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So, so okay. let, let me go back a little bit. Uh, first, you have to decide what kind of life you want. Uh, and here's a typical problem we build with businesses. As entrepreneurs, we build a business plan for our business and the business starts growing and the business plan begins eating our life and it eats our personal life. So the best entrepreneurs, they build a business plan for their life and then a business plan for the company that feeds what the life needs. And then they could have these two business plans and have some balance. If you don't have these two business plans, your business becomes really big and start eating your personal life. So first you have to build your life by design and you have to kind of design what kind of lifestyle you want and then build a business that will fit this. That's the first one. Second one is you have to understand what type of entrepreneur you are. There's really three types of entrepreneurs. What we call a mountain climber and a mountain climber is the one that sees a mountain and even if they're not ready, they're not strong, they don't care, they just climb the mountain, right? I'm a mountain climber. I, I I cannot stop myself if I see a challenge in front of me to go through it. And it's not about the money, it's more about the challenge. Then you have what, what we call the freedom founders. And the freedom founders, they just care about freedom. They make a business to have the freedom that they want and work in whatever they want. So freedom fighters usually build a stage two business that it's a lifestyle business. And for them going to stage three is a big mistake. Uh, because then a, a stage three company will eat their freedom uh, and they will hate the company. And by the way, they will implode the company. I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs that they're very successful in stage two. They say, okay, my next one is go to stage three and they start growing and then they hate their company and they implode. Uh, the other day I was teaching um, this program to a group of entrepreneurs all over the world. An entrepreneur in London texted me after and said, you explained the last five or six years of my life in 30 minutes. He said, I had a company, like 70 entrepreneurs, sorry, 70 uh, employees. I was doing like $10 million and I hated my life. I was losing two or 3 million a year and I hated my life. Today, I one day I said, I'm enough. I'm going to implode my company. He implode the company. Today he has like 17 and, uh, employees, makes like three, sorry, makes like 7 million of revenue and nets two to two and a half million. He said, I'm the happiest kid alive. I'm never gonna go above 17. So, so really understand what type of entrepreneur are you is really, really important to decide what kind of company do you have. 
and then there's two very important decisions in the scaling. When you go to stage two, you decide to scale or not scale based on who you are and your lifestyle plan. And then once you get to stage three, you get a very, very tough decision. Whenever you pass the value of death of stage three, you're going to get a lot of people offering to buy your company. And today, now you build a company, it's a great asset. Why don't you get some money off the table? And usually once you cross stage three, let's say a company in the, in the US, uh, I'm going to give you a typical size company. A company with 80 employees in the US probably does around 120 to $150,000 revenue per employee. So now you have a company doing 10 to 12, 10 to 15 million in revenue. You could probably sell it for 10 to 15 million. So you get a check of 12 million, you're set the rest of your life. And you just gone through the value of death. You're really tired. You had several years that were tough with your family and the rest. And then you start getting calls from private equity funds saying, hey, it's time to take money off the table. Uh, you have built something great. Why don't I give you eight or seven? And then I'll put some money on the company. You could still run it, but you could get some money on the table, get some risk. And they start playing that game. And it's a really, really tough game. Uh, I've had many hours with entrepreneurs saying, I love my company. Now I see the vision. I already had all the, the hardest part of scaling my company. I'm going to start enjoying the good part of scaling. And now I'm getting all these offers to sell it. And my family's like pushing me to sell it. So it's really, really important to understand what you want. If you build a business plan of your life or a, a life by design, then having that decision is going to be very easy. Uh, when you get there and you haven't have a plan by design, it's very, very hard. And one more thing happens that John Warlow, uh, Build to Sell, uh, says that is really important. You go from risk off in all your assets because you're building it to risk on. Now you have 10, 15 million that you could retire the rest of your life and never have to worry for money. And you're risking those 10, 15 million to make 15 more. But your life is not going to change much if you go from 15 million to 25. Like, you're not going to buy a Gulfstream. You're not going to buy a $3 million yacht. Like, your life will not significantly change. You're most likely, you're going to keep your life the same. But then you're risking what you have of money to go to the other 10 or 15 or whatever. So that's a really, really tough decision. So as an entrepreneur, if you understand what type of entrepreneur you are, you have a business plan of your life or life by design, you know how much money you need and all that, then you could build a business that will fill that. As an example, I needed to have, a uh, for me, Daniel, I needed to have another scale-up uh, just because I needed to, uh, because of who I am. And 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 I believe the, the full scale-up entrepreneur is building a company and growing and selling it above 50 or 100 or whatever. And I need to go through the process again. So I, I, you have to do your company by design based on your lifestyle. Awesome. So any final uh, insights or lessons you want to share with the community today? So life by design and really uh, understand that everyone that is having a company in the same level as you, they usually have the same issues. Um, every kid of two years old, they're, like we call it the terrible tools or the teenagers and we know how they're in balance of hormones and when they're teenagers, exactly the same with companies. They go exactly through the same issues. So instead of saying, well, I'm unique and what's happening to me, I'm terrible and I'm a really bad leader. No, it's you're going through a certain stage and the more you understand their stage, the easier it is for you to go through the process. 
if you understand that your kid is going through a terrible tooth, instead of being really mad with your kid, you know that it's it's part of the stage and you enjoy it. Um, so know where you are, understand your stage, and enjoy each part of the process. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates, or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again, and see you next time.